Welcome to another episode of Breakfast Theology. My name is Josiah Kane. Yes, it is. And my name is Chuck <laughs> Jones. Today uh, we are once again I hop, and I had the chicken and waffles. It's really starting to grow on me. I, uh, I really like chicken for breakfast, it seems. Apparently. <laughs> I didn't know that about myself. You smeared in that stuff you're dipping it in. Yeah, ranch. Ranch was... What, the ranch was good. And I had uh, French toast. Mm. Did it make you start speaking French? Ooh la la. <laughs> so today, uh, when you guys are listening to this, it'll be February 13th. Uh, happy day before Valentine's Day. Ooh. Pre-Valentine's Day. Uh, we thought it would be fun if we did a little series where we released uh, our episode corresponding to the date with the chapter of Proverbs. So naturally we're going to do Proverbs 13 today since today is the 13th. All right. Why don't we uh, why don't we kind of read a couple verses at a time? Why don't you read the first three verses for us and we'll okay. kind of go from there. A wise son heeds his father's instruction, but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. A man shall eat well by the fruit of his mouth, but the soul of the unfaithful feeds on violence. He who guards his mouth preserves his life, but he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. Now, an interesting note about Proverbs in general is that it was, at least my understanding is that it was kind of written to the young men of Israel to study and to kind of learn how to be proper, you know, proper men, grow up godly. So this is kind of the text that they would study. Obviously, it applies to all of us, but I think that's one of the reasons why verse 1 is the way it is. You know, a wise son accepts his father's discipline. You know, if you look at the uh, opening of Proverbs, that's what they were written for. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, to the young men knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and increase learning, and a man of understanding will attain wise counsel. To understand a proverb and an enigma, the word of the wise and their riddles. You know, I like how Proverbs 1 says that even the, uh, the simple can gain wisdom. You know, you don't have to be this, you, you don't have to have this monstrous intellect in order to be wise in the ways of God. You know, it, it, all it takes is, all it takes is taking to heart the Word of God and trying to practice that and follow it. And if you do that, you will be wise. So let's, let's head back to Proverbs 13. Okay. A wise son accepts his father's discipline, 
but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. <coughs> you know, no one likes to be disciplined. I've never enjoyed it, <laughs> at least. But I guess I'll have to admit sometimes my father knows better than I do. Even yet? I guess so, yeah. I and here's where your mom falls off laughing. My mom knows better than me too. You know, um, I feel like my parents didn't discipline me unfairly. And I feel like I received the discipline fairly well. And I think that has helped shape me in a good way, you know? I'm thankful for the discipline that I have received. Looking back on it now. Yeah. The, the scoffer is a pretty interesting word there. I don't have another alternative for scoffer. Mocker. Yeah. You know, people making jokes about scripture, God. Or anything. Yeah. Paul, Paul tells us in Ephesians again there that uh, we ought to put away coarse jesting and mm -hmm. th that's not convenient. Yeah. Or I forgot the exact Constructive. Word. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't help us out. Yeah, it does. And sometimes it's, uh, it makes, makes things worse. Yeah, it does. And so it really is counterproductive because now what I've done is by making jokes, what I've done is taken the emphasis and the attention away from scripture and put it on me. Look how I can twist this scripture up. I can make this what's supposed to be so intelligent, I can make it look dumb. Aren't I smart? Mm -hmm. There's kind of this interesting thing happening in verse 2. From the fruit of a man's mouth he enjoys good, but the desire of the treacherous is violence. Now, does this mean like we have apples coming out of our mouth and we enjoy the good fruit like what is this obviously it's not talking about real fruit obviously <laughs> I would imagine not <laughs> well a man shall eat well by the fruit of his mouth his life will be good because of the way he talks the tongue is a hard thing to uh to control. You know, James even says if you can master the tongue, you can you, yeah, you're, you're you can on master your, way. your whole body, yeah. The uh, yeah. People who speak well of others are usually spoken well of themselves. There you go. You're not gonna be into trouble that way. Right. That's why in verse three it says, He who guards his mouth preserves his life. Chances are you won't get slapped around. But no, the one, sorry, go ahead. The one who opens his, opens wide his lips will have destruction. Yeah. 
the interesting thing is <clears throat> when we're usually talking about guarding things, it's usually an outside force and we're protecting our house or yeah. our possession, you know, a shield you're protecting from someone else's spear or their sword or something. But to guard our mouth is kind of the opposite. <clears throat> it's not allowing something out of ourselves. It's this idea of, I guess, controlling our mouth starts with controlling our thoughts, you know? Yes. <clears throat> Sometimes taking a little bit of time to think about what you're going to say is the best course of action. Exactly. The best shield to... Uh, to what verse 3 says as ruin <laughs> to destruction no we had that song when I was a little guy be careful little tongue what you say and as far as the whole book of Proverbs go I had learned that it's not so much a directive discourse as it is observation by Solomon this is what happens in life. Yeah. You know. Which is why these things are proven by our observations of life. Yep. Yeah. I'm sure you know, and maybe you've done it yourself, because I have. I've gotten myself into trouble by opening my lips. <laughs> and it has brought some destruction. <laughs> Not complete and utter destruction, but it's definitely... Uh, hurt me and caused trouble for me. Sometimes you, uh, well, all the time, you can't take back what you say. No. You can apologize for it, and sometimes that works. Sometimes. But you can't take it back. It's, it's non-reversible. You can't erase it from the blackboard of the air. Yeah. So, as you were saying, like, Proverbs aren't, like, literal guides to every situation. Because there's sometimes where it says what seemingly contradictory things, like, don't argue with a fool or you'll be made a fool. But then it also says, you know, argue with them, argue with them, like, don't let them, you know, make a mess of things. And so, it's more of just pushing us towards a way of looking at things, you know, and trying to find the godly way of handling situations. In verse 4, we kind of move away from this idea of guarding our mouths and our, and our tongues to kind of our actions. So the soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, but the soul of the diligent is made fat. Just kind of another tidbit of observations that are true. Yeah. There's a, it's, it's kind of paradoxical that someone who does more gains more, or at least gets fatter in the situation. That's kind of like this analogy. Well, I guess it's not a paradox. It makes perfect sense. You know, if you do more, you get more. Yeah, I remember being in the seventh grade and whole, just wanted to get A's. So, but you think I'd do any homework? Mm-hmm. 
you know, talk is cheap. Yeah, it is. The lazy man desires and has nothing. It is true, so true. We kind of live in an age where everybody feels entitled. I think this one applies to a lot. I do not. <laughs> I think a lot of us, this day and age, um, yeah. expect expect to get things given to us. We have, uh, I mean, I think welfare, unemployment, all of these things are very good. But they can be taken advantage of. Or, you know, people feel entitled to all kinds of things. You know, child care or education or clean water or, you know, and we've come to expect those things living in the United States, but we have this entitled mentality. And I think it's pushed us to sometimes be lazier than we should be. Yeah. Yep. A lot of proverbs about not plowing and not sowing. Mm-hmm. And then not having anything. Surprise. <laughs> it doesn't take a genius. <laughs> You're right. You said you wanted to put up canned tom- tomatoes next fall Mm. think about it a minute there's something you're going to have to do before that time comes yeah and it's not buy a bushel of tomatoes yeah so why don't we uh why don't we just read through uh the rest of this chapter and then kind of come back and touch on things that stick out to us you gonna read uh i'll read to uh through 15, and then you can read the rest. How about that? Okay. A righteous man hates falsehood, but a wicked man acts disgustingly and shamefully. Righteousness guards the one whose way is blameless, but wickedness subverts the sinner. There is one who pretends to be rich, but has nothing. Another pretends to be poor, but has great wealth. The ransom of a man's life is his wealth, but the poor hear no rebuke. The light of the righteous rejoices, the lamp of the wicked goes out. Through insolence comes nothing but strife. But wisdom is with those who receive counsel. Wealth obtained by fraud dwindles, but the one who gathers by labor increases it. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but desire fulfilled is a tree of life. The one who despises the word will be in debt to it, but the one who fears the commandment will be rewarded. The teaching of the wise is a fountain of life to turn aside from the snare of death. God, or, excuse me, good understanding produces favor, but the way of the treacherous is hard. Yeah. Every prudent man acts with knowledge, but a fool lays upon open his folly. I think the cooks even know your order by now. A wicked messenger fa- fall, <laughs> falls into again. trouble, but a faithful ambassador brings health. <laughs> Poverty and shame will come to him who disdains correction. But he who regards a rebuke will be honored. A desire accomplished is sweet to the soul, but it is an abomination to fools to depart from evil. He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. 
evil pursues sinners, but to the righteous good shall be repaid. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. Much food is in the fallow ground of the poor, and for lack of justice there is waste. He who spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him promptly. The righteous eats to the satisfying of his soul, but the stomach of the wicked shall be in want. Hmm. I noticed, uh, as is common in Proverbs, is this kind of true-false uh, opposed statements. So. A wicked messenger falls into adversity, but a faithful enjoys, or a faithful envoy brings healing. So it's kind of like this opposite thought. Yeah. So you have a, a true statement of a righteous person, and then the opposite is true for a wicked person. And parallelism. Yeah. You, you get the understanding by both statements. Mm -hmm. So one thing that definitely stuck out to me was verse 20. He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. There was this thought that, I um, can't remember who shared it, some modern day author who said, you're the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. So you kind of look at the five people you spend the most time with, and then you add those all up and divide by five. and. <laughs> That's who, that's who you're you going to be. Or definitely you're going to pick up a lot of those attributes. Oh, yeah. And so if you're spending time with the wise, you become wise. But if you spend time with the fools, you become a fool. Kind of reminds me of uh, Rehoboam, who is the son of Solomon, and he listened to the counsel of his buddies of his age and peers instead of listening to the people and then the wise counselors who uh, were with Solomon and that ended up poorly it split the kingdom yeah they they were speaking you know from their desire and not from what's good let's raise them taxes <laughs> we need more money in our yeah. man cave fund <laughs> and he went along with it because well he didn't know any better he didn't know that he shouldn't be persuaded by his lusts he didn't listen to the wisdom of his father <laughs> well and then the older counselors told him not to and you're old-fashioned. You don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. This is uh, this is something that I <clears throat> I've seen really play out in people's lives. People are really dedicated Christians. Mostly, this has happened in my experience with people I knew in school. So they'd be really dedicated Christians. People who really took their their faith seriously. And then they uh, start hanging out with some people 
they make friends with new people and then you see them start changing a little bit. They show up less often and then eventually they're gone. Oh, yep. thank you. I've lost a lot of friends that way through high school. They kind of just seemed to fade away. And it started when they started hanging out with, with the people, wrong people. The wrong people, the fools. Yeah. Well, doesn't Paul say something along the lines of bad companions? Corrupt good morals. <laughs> doesn't he say something like that? Yeah. Well, here we are. You and I agree on a whole lot of things, behavior-wise. And so that's going to that's gonna have an effect on keeping us. Then, let's just say, I move off someplace else, can't find that kind of a companion, and I just hook up with somebody. Now, my morals will sink to their level. Yeah. Now there's a chance, if I put the effort into it, their morals may rise to mine. Yeah. But that's pretty much unlikely. Yeah. And this is such good wisdom, especially when it comes to people you're picking to spend your life with, like a spouse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or a really close friend. You know, there's that passage about being unequally yoked. And I think it's not... I, well, what I think it's talking about is how seriously you take your faith, you know? Yeah. Being a Christian in the first place. And I have seen myself change over the last three or four years more like to become more like Amber. There's things I say, things I do. You know, I, I've changed and I look more like Amber than I did four years ago, and Amber looks more like me. I'm sorry for that, but... Uh, Amber's lost. <laughs> no, I, you know, I, I'm not, didn't say that. <laughs> but... Uh, There's a guy in the next booth. <laughs> yeah, so... Hang out with wise people, you know? Yes. Find the right company. That's an important thing. Anything else stick out to you? Uh, verse 7. There is one who makes himself rich, yet has nothing. And yours says pretends? Yep, pretends. One who pretends Shows to off how rich he is, but he doesn't really have anything. Mm -hmm. And one who makes himself poor, yet has great riches. Because... Wealth isn't measured in money. How industrious are you? Your your version said sluggard. Yep. Okay, mine says lazy man. How much television do you watch? Mm-hmm. As opposed to how much time do you spend reading? Mm-hmm. Now you don't you pretty much don't get anything done doing either but one is more beneficial to you than the other there was this interesting uh, radio show I was listening to that talked about the difference in 
or this weird phenomenon that's happening nowadays because there's this vast knowledge out there on YouTube of how to do things. And so uh, there's, these, there's this kind of statistic where people think they know how to do more things than they actually know how to do because they thought, they think they've learned how to do it by watching a video. They, what they all, 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 the only thing they have accomplished is understanding how it's done. That's right. But actually doing it, acquiring the skill to actually do something is an entirely different process. I had an experience with that. We bought our house and it didn't have a garage door opener. The man across his neighbor across the street said he would put, he had one that he would install it for us for two hundred dollars. Well, I didn't know anything about it, and I thought I don't know how technical you need to be, and all. so I, I didn't, I didn't uh, agree to it. Later, they moved out, and we went. I went to Home Depot or someplace and bought one. Mm -hmm. it, it wasn't $200 worth, but bought it and brought it home. And before I even opened the package, I went to YouTube to see how to install this thing. And there were <coughs> a couple of different videos that I watched. By the time I watched both of them, I was pretty comfortable in what I was going to find in the package, the parts and that and so on. And so one afternoon I decided, here we go, and I put it up. It wasn't that difficult, but after watching the videos and then doing it myself, I felt a whole lot more comfortable helping you do yours. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Because not only do you have some sort of theoretical knowledge of this, but you've got some practical knowledge of it too. Mm -hmm. You know how heavy that thing is. <coughs> you know how tight the belt should be, and that kind of thing. You know, so the practical part of it is as important as the knowledge yeah. I'm thinking of. What does your first 10 say? By pride comes nothing but strife. But with the well-advised is wisdom. With pride comes strife. You're bragging about yourself and you know what that's going to do? That's going to make people stand against you. Definitely true. There's this uh, <clears throat> part of us that loves to oppose the prideful. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a part of us that loves to be prideful. I'm looking up the word uh, in verse 10 because yours says prideful, mine says insolence, which is a, a weird word. Yeah, it's kind of the word that just means uh, prideful or presumptuous or arrogant. Hard-headed. Yeah. And so I find it interesting that uh, in verse 10, my verse 10 says, through insolence or this presumptuous 
meekness or this pridefulness comes nothing but strife. But wisdom is with those who receive counsel. So it's kind of like putting in balance these very two different things of pride and humility. Because to receive counsel means that you are admitting that you don't understand it all, that you need some help with understanding what's going on in the yeah. situation. And uh, what I've found is almost everybody I've talked to that's older than me, always significantly older than me, has always said, I wish I would have listened to people when I was younger. Like, I wish I would have listened to people that was older to me than when I was, when I was younger. And I was like, well, if everyone I know says that, <laughs> then maybe I should start doing it now instead of... Then you can say, <laughs> I'm glad I listened when I was younger. Yeah. And it's uh, starting out as a new pastor and a new adult. I mean, really, like, I'm just starting to get things figured out. Yeah. There's a lot of times where I have to admit that I have no idea what I'm doing or uh, I have an idea, but I want to make sure that it's a good one. And I have to ask around, you know, I have to, yeah. to talk to the people I trust with experience. And there's been times where my hunches have, they've been affirmed, you know, like, yeah, that's a good idea. And then there's times where mm, I think I would do this differently. Mm -hmm. And you kind of have to be willing to, uh, I think if you want to be a godly man, you have to be willing to do that. You're right. A godly person. You're right. The uh, idea of putting yourself in a position of a student or a disciple, a learner, it says, in essence, you know more than I do, teach me something. Yeah. And sometimes that's hard to do, mm -hmm. depending on the individual. How can that guy know more than me? <laughs> it's easier when you're younger, I think, Yeah. to have that humility, just because... It comes natural. Because we start to practice more, and we start to understand things more, we become more and more adverse to listening to other people's opinions or, or wisdom. I, I kind of see it in some people older than me, there just kind of comes this point where they think they've got it all figured out, and so they they don't ask people anymore, they don't seek other people's opinions, you know, they, they think they've had enough experience to know, and in some things that might be true. Yeah. I had thought years ago that an ideal man to be an elder is someone who's old enough to have been married, had children, and their children are teenagers. That's, that's a pretty good bunch of uh, <laughs> life experience. <laughs> good experience. Yeah, if you're dealing with teenagers, you've got to have some fortitude. Or it could be till you've had grandchildren. Mm. Because that would cover you pretty much up through every situation of life. And I think it would be hard for me to be a good pastor if I didn't have elders that were through life, you know? 
that haven't that haven't gone through. So I have things I bring to the table, sure. Um, and I think my wisdom is uh, nothing of my own doing. <laughs> you know, anything that comes out of my mouth that is halfway right is from the Bible. <laughs> um, but I real I rely heavily on older people to help give me guidance and and God's word, like people like Solomon from Proverbs. Who now, it's not just having the experience; it's having the experience and understanding how Scripture directs us in that experience that makes a difference. There's a verse right here in chapter 13 that kind of says that. Verse 16, every prudent man acts with knowledge, but a fool displays folly. And so sometimes we can be, uh, we can rush into things. And we act without knowledge of a situation or knowledge of how God desires us to do right. it. And at that point we become a fool and we embarrass ourselves and we bring about folly in our lives. <coughs> Have you ever had, uh, as we're kind of reading through this and talking about these things, have you ever had life experience as a pastor or your personal life where you've seen these things play out truthfully? Yeah. It just takes a little observation. You can see it. Do you want me to name names? <laughs> no. <laughs> If there's a certain story that comes to your mind, though, you can share it if you have one. I'm trying to think of one that might have some application. We're talking about uh, the difference between a prudent man and a fool? Yeah, or anything that we've talked about so far. Oh, okay. But yeah, I'm trying to, I know I've seen people act without full knowledge of a situation or or without looking at it biblically and it's ended up poorly, I just can't bring to mind any specifics. Well, it might be just as well. <laughs> well, I got one when I did it. I was working for a food broker here in Grand Rapids. And uh, we, we were having a manufacturer's principal come into the office to tell us about whatever product they manufacture, you know, spaghetti sauce or bagels or something. And he was flying in. Well, they said to me, you want to go to the airport and pick them up? Sure, I'll be glad to. Okay, they said, I got up and left. I didn't know who it was I was picking up. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to kind of sneak back in the office and surreptitiously ask, who is this guy? <laughs> and where might I find him? <laughs> That's embarrassing. It is. <laughs> True to the proverb. Yeah. I know I've bought things in the past without looking into them, without doing some research, and they've ended up being junk or falling apart you know for a longest for the longest times I did that with my shoes I would just buy the cheapest shoes I could you know 
and then I was like, you know, all my shoes fall apart. <laughs> Why is that? And so I started doing some research and I, you know, really came across some information about different types of leather and different companies and constructions and methods and, you know, now I have boots that last me a while instead of falling apart all the time. Yep. The cheapest thing isn't always the best. So is there anything else that you feel like we need to mention from this chapter? Anything else that jumped out to Maybe you? Maybe verse 15. Read that for me from your version. Verse 15 says, Good understanding produces favor, but the way of the treacherous is hard. Yeah. Mine says unfaithful. The way of the unfaithful is hard. What does the first part of it say? Does it say the same thing? Good understanding gains favor. So, my understanding here is you've got somebody living in sin that comes to talk to you about how hard their life is. I think you could point this out to them. <coughs> the proverb says <coughs> the way of the unfaithful is hard, it's designed that way. So that you kind of look around and see, is there another alternative yeah. to your lifestyle? Good understanding brings favor. You do see, uh, in one way, life of life being a Christian is more difficult. But uh, in some, in a lot of ways, it's easier. You open yourself up to persecution and, you know, there's things that obviously being a Christian... That doesn't makes make the life harder. No. <laughs> that but makes it more joyful, doesn't it? It can, yeah, for sure. Persevering through all that. Blessed, is, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. But I have... I can name numerous times where... I have done a godly thing by acting on wisdom from the Bible, understanding what God desires for me to do, and have seen it turn out positively in my life. I mean, dating a, a godly woman, marrying a godly woman, has worked out very well for me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, choosing not to do a lot of things through high school and middle school worked out really well for me and I didn't do them because I didn't want to like I obviously had the desire to to do these things but I didn't because God told me not to and looking back on it I'm extremely thankful for the wisdom and that has made my life easier <laughs> yeah <laughs> and I've seen it bring about and I've seen it bring about hardship for a lot of people who choose to walk in those ways and they, they look and they're like, why is my life so hard? Why did that happen that way? Well, no surprise. Look well, what yeah, <laughs> you know, stupid is as stupid does. <laughs> and sometimes Proverbs uh, is kind of like a rule of thumb kind of book. So sure, there's exceptions. Sometimes the wicked do prosper. You know, they, they are wealthy and they seem to 
they seem to be doing well for themselves and their life seems to be easy. But at the end of the day, everybody I know that has had success and wealth without Christ is wanting. You know, they're always missing something. Yeah. And no matter what they do, they're not going to find it. They don't find it anything else. So before you act, get some knowledge. Right. And, and do your homework. Do your homework. And try to get some understanding about the situation. Yep. And your life will be easier. Yeah. I know, I just, I do it all. Kind of the big theme that stuck out to me in this, in this chapter, some of the, the big themes were guard your mouth and kind of this humility aspect of being able to accept discipline and counsel from, from wise people. And this is your father's discipline. So this idea of humility, this idea of guarding your mouth, and then this idea of acting with knowledge and understanding. Every verse that talked about knowledge and understanding talked about good things coming from that. And so that's kind of what I see are the big takeaways here in this chapter. Yep. All right, if you uh, have any questions, comments, uh, you want to get in touch with us for any reason, you can email us at breakfasttheology at gmail.com and we'll uh, talk about it on a future episode. Yes. Thanks again for listening to this episode of Breakfast Theology, and we'll see you next time. See you next time.